1: Thank you so much for joining us on this special edition of the Good Fight Radio Show. In fact, on this edition of the Good Fight Radio Show, we are sitting down right where the pulpit usually is here at Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, because we're going to be having a premiere here in a little over an hour. So all of the seats right now are empty, but we wanted to have a show where we could play a few different clips from our new video that's coming out tonight for those who are on Patreon and for those here in attendance in Simi Valley. So to discuss our brand new Good Fight Ministries documentary, part two of our series, Marvel and DC's War on God, is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel.
2: Hey Chad, good to see you bro. And good to see all of you guys. This is kind of different for me, too. I'm used to preaching from the pulpit standing up, so this is like especially relaxing. I'm like, wow, I can kick back up here. thought I always had to stand up preaching, man. Uh, but it's just, uh, we're excited because at 6 o'clock, this place we hope will be full, and I'll be showing the premiere, but we wanted to share a few clips with you guys uh, early up and uh, make, you, make them aware of what's going on. And we're as excited about the second one. Maybe even more so in some ways than the first one. They're both powerful, uh, and this is like of all the Marvel video, all the Marvel movies and DC movies that people have seen. I think most people, if they wanted to really know what's going on behind the scenes and to see a real spiritual war with real superheroes and villains, in, in what's really taking place in the spiritual world with Satan and the fallen angels, which are obviously the the diabolical, wicked villains, and the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father. Holy Spirit, the gospel, the missionaries, and the real war that's going on. You'd want to see these videos because then you'll see where Marvel and DC, what they're really about and how they're part of this war for the mind. So I'm excited about this.
1: Yeah, and I know for me, Joe, because we've now been able to see parts one and two together, we sit down, just to give you guys a little bit of a backstory of what we do in terms of after Joe has met with Josh and the copious amounts of hours that are poured in to the research and everything, that we as a ministry group, we sit down and watch it together, and then we all say, hey, what if we did this, or could this be different or whatever, and then it goes back, and then we watch it again, and we all sit down and watch it again, hey, let's, let's do this, and I would say for this one, Joe, I mean, I mean, the last one was so amazing. But even for this one, it was like, I even felt guilty saying anything I was, I wanted changing because I was like, this is just such, so powerful. I, I really felt, and maybe also Jonah, and I'll get into this before we even play the trailer for it, but this was the, almost the selling point, at least for me, not that you needed to sell me on anything, but in the sense that when you said this and showed some of the evidence that was poured out in, in this film and what people are going to see tonight, when you did that, that was when I, my eyes went. Oh wow! This is this is real. This is this is no joke. This is something really really serious here. And seeing, I mean, obviously the depravity, but seeing the the link where this film is going to talk about that. And we're going to play the trailer for it, but seeing the link between. A Lester Crowley and we talk about that all the time you know how he's permeated the culture the influence he's had on music and movies and so forth but to see the link so direct with the writers and everything I mean I hate to even start giving away too much even for this specific live stream because I was just so impacted when you first showed some of the pictures or just said hey Chad google this and I look it up, I'm like, this seems like you're, you're, you're trolling me. This is crazy. Yeah. Like, it is so abundantly clear. So, Joe, I know my excitement is, is just for other people to see it and, and hopefully recognize it and really start saying, no, we're not going to allow this kind of stuff into our home. We're, we're Christians. We love Jesus. We're not going to allow this into our home. And also be able to use this as a tool for evangelism. You know, we talk about this all the time. I came to the Lord by somebody handing me a drunkard atheist, handing me, they sold their souls to rock and roll, and it was watching that video that God used to draw me to himself, hearing the words in Matthew 12, 30, he who's not with me is against me, and I gave my life to Jesus Christ because someone was willing to share something that was going on in the culture that was, deeply involved in my life, but exposing it, not looking at it. Isn't this so much fun? We can be just like the world and love Harry Potter, and we can be just like the world and love Iron Man and have these guys as our heroes, but actually, no, no, no. This stuff is wicked, and and that exposing in obedience to Ephesians 5.11 with it actually happening where Christ arises and shines in the hearts, at least for me, and I know for others, guys, and I'd love to see your comments on there, even though I'm not on my computer today while we're doing this, but... Those, those comments of people who have been touched and have said, wow, that's what made me end up coming to Christ. This, this is what this yeah. is made for, you know.
2: Yeah, by the grace of God, we've seen uh, thousands and thousands of people come to Christ. who uh, They sold their souls uh, for rock and roll. I, I did the presentation live at uh, school one time, and uh, there was over a thousand or so young people in attendance, and uh, yeah. over a thousand of them, almost every one of them, including faculty, stood up to receive Christ, assuming a some of them probably already knew Christ. Uh, but we've been seeing, you know, Chad, you're, just, you're, you're one. And it's neat because you, you married my daughter and became my son-in-law. So you got saved hard, man, through watching the video. They sold their souls for rock and roll. But we, we do these things. I came out of that whole occult scene, the music and all that, radically to Christ. And uh, God burned on my heart as I got on my knees and sought him to expose those works of darkness and those demonic powers that God revealed to me were, were behind what was happening to me. Uh, but it's interesting. Uh, and yeah, and this is great because we've been through, you know this is was ultimately going to be just one strong, long video. They sold their souls for rock and roll. the the ultimate version is ten hours long. You know it's long, <laughs> and uh, this became so long, and then we ended up breaking it into two sections. So this is section two. So it's interesting because some of the things you'll see tonight, even on the clips we're going about to show, uh, will be things that i I'd, I'd found out initially in my research. And that research was a result of seeing. Uh, some of you heard how I ended up to end up putting this together uh, was as a result of seeing the second, uh, you know, uh, you know, you had the uh, end game, right? And then you had the kind of this the sequel as far as you know Thanos went, right? And the first one he's I am, and the second one he's the I am, pregnant pause, inevitable, and he's a picture of Christ coming as the great I am, you know, in the world fighting against him, Armageddon kind of situation. And I'd stopped watching Marvel movies, uh, you know. I, when my kids were young, I took them like the first Spider-Man movie and so forth, thinking, "Okay, you know what? It's so hard for me to take them to anything, but this seems so innocent compared to what's out there." And uh, and then those movies became darker and darker, and the villains began to resemble the Lord Jesus Christ more and more. And uh, these these Armageddon end of the world scenarios, but the evil one was always like a or often as picture of Christ in some way. And I thought, man, you know what? This is becoming obvious. So I, for years, I wouldn't go to any of those. And uh, my kids were getting older. left that between them and God as they were older now. And uh, my wife as well. And because I really didn't have a ton of evidence other than, man, it sure looks like this. Until the second movie came out with Thanos. Uh, you, know, you, you know, you had Infinity Wars and you had Endgame. And then I said, they're doing the I Am Again. I go, then that's when I prayed. And I was literally in my office, remember, just lifting up my hands and saying, Lord, if the same thing is taking place here that's happening in what we exposed and they sold their souls for rock and roll. And it was almost like a flare prayer, but it was earnest and from the heart. And I just cried out to him. I said, burn it out my heart because I don't want to run on a tangent and start exposing something when there's nothing there or very little there and it was spinning my wheels when I could be bearing fruit in a lot of other areas. And I'm, Chad, you know my life, We're our, our our plates are so full because I don't only pastor full time do a lot of, you know, premarital counseling and marital counseling and you know, I'm, I'm not a, a pastor who actually leaves the church often because I want to be here for the fellowship uh, and I'm not called to do that as much as and praise the Lord for video because we're able to influence and millions of people have seen our stuff so it's great but Chad, I was at a point where it was like Lord, please show me I, I need to, and I woke up the next morning it was burning on my heart I woke up just when I woke up it's like the Lord greeted me you're, you're on it and I went in and I was like, and it became just so powerful. And I prayed again. And then, as I began the research, some of these things in these clips will be some of the first things I found. And I'm like, this is if I found this stuff so easily, and this stuff that I'm exposing hasn't been exposed. People have done stuff, but not to the degree, not what I'm we're showing here, you know. So uh, then I decided, you know, let's, and it became this big old project. I was like. And keep in mind, I was a guy that knew little nothing about comics other than what your average person knew about the movies and so forth. And I came to the point where it's like, man, I need to learn these characters and so forth. So much so that we're going to show in a little bit Doctor Strange's connection with Alessa Crowley. And he's become one of the major characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then when we show that, I was floored. So when Chad mentioned how we go about this, I wrote, I do most of the research, I'd say 95 plus percent of it. And then pretty much all of it at first. And then we sit down and we look at it. And, uh, and, and sometimes I don't get my, I don't get my uh, voiceovers done in time, so uh, my videographer, Josh, has a little bit extra time. So he'll start doing a little research, and he's found some good nuggets, too, that have fitted really well. And then we'll all sit down together, we'll watch it, and it always comes out better. Every time we watch it together, it's like somebody says, hey, what if that's put there, or moved over here, or hey, what if you mentioned this? You know. So you guys are in for a real treat, and I can't wait till you start seeing the clips.
1: No, I'm excited, and and what's great here is the trailer we're about to show you guys, there's some ambiguity to it, so we get to actually break that down for you a little bit because we don't want to simply just play the trailer, but we like the idea of a little bit of the ambiguous nature of the trailer to get you thinking, like, wait a second, what are they going to be showing in this show? So, Joe, before any, I guess we go any further ado, we are going to play the trailer for you guys for our latest film on Marvel. Check this out.
0: As I learn things, I would try to plow those back into the Doctor Strange book. These ideas start to seep out into the popular culture in a way that is unexpected.
2: I've seen the missing rituals from the book of Cagliostro.
0: There is no afterlife,
2: and I can prove it to you. Aha! Gain the power through the absorption of other beings.
0: Did you know there's an entire chapter devoted to you in the Dark Hole? That's the Book of the Damned. There's nothing fictitious about black magic. It is basically the worship of the force of evil as embodied by Satan, Lucifer, the princes of darkness, and their lead. Um,
1: wow. I mean, it's really interesting because even that last clip that's in there, we didn't get to see that in the last edition that we watched it before the edit. That was something that was added there with... Christopher Lee there, but but Joe, maybe just a little bit of a breakdown on it before we get into some of the other clips that we're going to be playing from the film tonight that's premiering, and if you guys want to get a hold of it before anyone else, you guys can join on patreon.com slash goodfight at 5 p.m. It's going to be released right on there. You can play it right on the Patreon page if you are one of the silver subscribers, so check that out if you'd like to get access to it tonight, or if you are within a couple hours of <laughs> Blessed Hope Chapel, I guess an hour and Forty-five minutes. Uh, we'll be actually showing it right here at Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California. So you guys can check it out. We're going to be doing it here, and then it'll be available September second, the following Friday, for all viewers on our Vimeo channel. You can grab it there. But, but nonetheless, Joe, when, when it look when we look at that clip, we see a lot of little bits of just man. Wait, there's way more stuff going on here I mean obviously with Dr Strange you're seeing there uh, you know with the Scarlet Witch and and so forth there is a lot of stuff going on in just that short little clip that I know that uh, we can't give too much away but but nonetheless there's a lot of stuff going on there
2: yeah we'll definitely give more away in the uh, in the clips we show I have a phil- philosophical conviction that's different than most people's as far as uh, and I'd probably go about all wrong as far as what I'd put in trailer. Uh, my idea of a trailer is, you guys know, because I'm like, guys, I want to show them as much as I can, and show them what's going on, so they'll see how real it is, whether they get the video or not. And it's really hard to do that in a few minutes. So uh, the other philosophy is to show a little, little clip here, a little thing there, and get piqued the interest to say, okay, what's really going on here? But that's the beauty of this show we're doing right now, is uh, we've taken a few clips out, uh, uh, shorter, but you know, probably about that length or a little bit longer than that, and uh, they'll tell some of the, enough of the story to where those who are watching will be enough to convince you that, wow, this is absolutely satanic, uh, what's going on here. So the first clip we'll show is, uh, and these clips will all relate to each other, but Chad, you know from seeing the whole almost two-hour video, it's about, I think, an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, I think the last time we looked at the first time we looked at it was like hour 44 or hour 45. We added a little bit, it became hour 47, then it became two, uh, hour 50 after we'd done that last time. So uh, what you'll notice in this, this first clip is, and this was crazy, because when you think of, I think it was near when COVID started happening, uh, is when I was blown away. I was like, wow, you know, Doctor Strange, and he wasn't very big at this point, right? I think there was one movie made of him. Now he's become a lot of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's like one of the major characters, his big movie. I mean, it's the second biggest movie during the COVID era of all the movies that come out, second only to uh, Spider-Man that came out earlier this year. Is he's become this, this superhero uh, that's to be admired. But he's a master of black arts. He's a master of the occult. Black arts, we show the definition of black arts as basically Satanism, uh, in, in, our, in our video. And the crazy thing about Dr. Strange, when I started researching him, that blew me away, was because I've studied modern Satanism and the most highly regarded Satanist of all time, Alessa Crowley, and his life and his origin story and who he was when i started looking at dr strange and the more i looked at him i was like this guy is made in the image of satan solester crowley he's a british guy now the doctor strange in the cinematic universe they make him american but his origin story was made in the image of satan Celeste crowley we proved that beyond a shadow of a doubt in this video because i i probably spend 35 40 minutes showing the comparisons or so, uh, a lot of the comparisons. But it gets gnarly, Chad, because we literally are able to show they're both British, they're both black magicians, black magic, they both synthesize Eastern mysticism and Western mysticism. Uh, Dr. Strange uses the eye in the triangle, you know, that came from Crowley. Uh, Dr. Strange uh, goes to the Himalayas, took a trip there, like Crowley does. He has a lair in New York, like Crowley did. And on and on and on, his girlfriend's name is... is, uh, you know, Leah or Clea, and then you've got Crowley's with Leah, and it just goes on and on and on, and it just gets absolutely. They, oh, by the way, Aleister Crowley practiced his magic in what he blasphemously called the Sanctum Sanctorum. Guess what? That's where huh, Doctor Strange practices his magic. He in his what they call the Sanctum Sanctorum. And I thought this is ridiculous. This is almost a joke, but people don't are clueless to what's going on. And one of the things I think, Chad, that shocked you is I showed that that Dr. Strange originates. as I studied him, he first came out as Dr. Droom, Not Dr. Doom, but Dr. Droom, to rhyme with broom that you sweep with, D-R-O-O-M. And uh, his origin story was the same. And then he became Dr. Druid, his origin story is the same. Then he became Dr. Strange, same origin story but a different look each time. The first look was a spitting image of the bald headed version of Satan and Solester Crowley which we want you to see. And when you check this out, I think this is important that you understand, is we're not going to show it here, but he then becomes, doc. when he eventually looks like Dr. Strange, he's in the image of somebody totally different. He's in the image of a guy by the name of, well, a guy that specifically uh, uh, was co-founded of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, practiced Crowley's Magic, and ran Crowley's OTO order over in Pasadena. And then all of a sudden they shifted his look. I'm like, now they have him looking like, Jack Parsons, you know, co founder of, of the O T or the founder of the OTO, or the presiding member. So, this first clip is a blow mine, and it really gets things going.
1: Yeah, I think this clip right here that you guys are about to see, this one, and like you said, this was the one that I think at that lunch, you know, when you brought it up, hey, this is, I was like, wow, this is so bad. So, you guys, you got to check this out. This is our first clip that you guys are actually getting to see from our brand new part two of Marvel and DC's War on God.
2: Incredibly, Doctor Strange, as the one who is portrayed as Marvel's key man to fight against God at both the creation of the universe and the end times, had a test run prior to his existence to see if the world was ready for a superhero modeled by Satanist Alistair Crowley in the form of Doctor Droom, not to be confused with Doctor Doom. Doctor Droom as the Sorcerer Supreme, was a precursor to the one who would eventually be recast as Dr. Strange just two years later. Now notice the obvious resemblance between the magician Dr. Droom in his first appearance in 1961 and the obvious resemblance to Satanist and magician Alester Crowley. There's no doubt once you examine the facts that Dr. Droom and later Dr. Strange were based on Satanist Alester Crowley. In his Marvel origin story, Dr. Droom, like Alester Crowley, is British. Like Crowley, he desires to go to the East for more occult knowledge. He states that he wants to acquire first-hand knowledge and learn about the mystical arts and practices. Like Crowley, Dr. Droom actually goes all the way to the Himalayas. Crowley made repeated infamous trips to the Himalayas, one in 1902 where he waved his revolver at other climbers and assisted he take his occult library up K2. Crowley returned to the Himalayas in 1905 when four members of his team fell to their deaths. He didn't even respond to their cries for help. He wrote that he had no sympathy for them and that he had passed their dead bodies later without even stopping. These deaths would be but a few of the many mysterious deaths that followed Crowley in his wicked wake, including several suicides and many professed child sacrifices. In Dr. Droom's origin story, he goes to visit an alien Tibetan Lama who needs medical attention. He will only find years later that the ancient Lama is the ancient one in disguise. The Lama makes Dr. Droom face a series of trials to prove himself because he is dying and wants Dr. Droom to follow in his footsteps as the master of black magic.
1: Wow, Joe. I mean, (laughs) the picture of Dr. Droom, it's so interesting because it's almost like, to me, when you see these, and there's other ones too in the full film where you see these pictures that are obviously them drawing it not just from oh this looks like a Lester Crowley but from famous pictures of a Lester Crowley that's what's crazy to me
2: yeah no it's it's a blow mine and when I was first working on the project and people were with you know they've seen a lot of our exposés so people that know our stuff were knew there was there was something but then when I started showing them what I'd found uh, they were like no way jaw-dropping and the thing is, Chad, as you know, that is just a, like I said, the tip of the iceberg. I go, we go into the whole, sec- that's a whole section. There's several sections in this hour and 50 minutes where it, it, it goes quick because it's so riveting. And we encourage you, I mean, a lot of you have already seen uh, the first one. If you haven't seen the first one, you need to get it. because I mean, we actually show Robert Downey Jr., uh, pre- you know, that he actually practiced. Crowley and magic. He said he was With like Crowley's wand. little brother, you know, <laughs> to get the part of Iron Man. And we go into that whole thing as to what Iron Man was about and everything. But part two, you, can, they, you guys can order that. You know, you got to go to goodfight.org or any of our websites, pretty much. You can order that, uh, our new video. And it's such a great way to witness the loss, Chad, because it's such a powerful way. A lot of the ways I witness is I sh- I, I'm just evidential based. I like to show people evidence for faith. And I like to show them that the biblical worldview is that there is concerted, diabolical evil that's constructing a deception of lies that's prophesied in the Bible to bring people into an occult worldview in the end times and into a new world order. And through our videos, a lot of them expose exactly that. And that's exactly what I found in Marvel in DC. Uh, so much so that, you know, when you look at the creators, you know, you go back to Stan Lee and you go back to the creators of... of, uh, of you know, Stan Lee said he. We don't play this part of the clip where he wanted to bring the sorcerer back, talking about Doctor Droom and he brought him back. He says, and he mentions that Doctor Strange, in his own words, was uh, Doctor Droom originally, and then now he's Doctor Strange. Uh, so uh, this was Stan Lee, one of the. He's probably the most known writer uh, among you know the Marvel, the, you know the, the uh, Marvel comics and so forth. He had uh, you know scores of cameo appearances in the Marvel movies. Now it's interesting. It gets crazy. It gets so crazy. And we're only a little allowed to show little parts, obviously, here, because we only have so much time. And then we have to get ready for our premiere. But, Chad, it gets crazy because there was a man named Steve Engelhart, who is renowned in the comic industry. Uh, in one of the interviews we show, I'm not sure how much of this we have, but he's being interviewed by an a, a, a OTO member on an OTO podcast. <laughs> and he basically... Talks about how he revamped, which I don't think we have in the clip, he revamped uh, in the 70s, he revamped DC, and he revamped 80, the, 80, the uh, Marvel characters in the 70s. Well, guess what? He was the main writer for years behind Doctor Strange, and he knew that he was a lesser Crowley. So much so that he was a member of Crowley's OTO while he's revamping, more than anybody else, the characters in Marvel and DC. Crazy, Steve Englehart. We probably don't have it in here, but I show you in one of his occult hoodies, you know, in his occult paraphernalia and so forth. And stuff we don't have in here because we're, we're doing some talking too, not just showing, because the clips go pretty quick. But we literally show that he is, you know, the, the ambassador for Crowley's, and the OTO is Ordo Templi Orientis, Crowley Satanic Organization, right, of sex magic and so forth. And he literally becomes the ambassador to Europe even though he's working with Marvel and doing Doctor Strange, he becomes the ambassador for Europe for the OTO, and we show a letter of his to Jimmy Page, the leader of Led Zeppelin, who was also a follower of Crowley. Jimmy Page, the you know biggest, one of the biggest bands of all time, Led Zeppelin, he said big names aren't made today through Ready, Steady, Go, but through practicing the magic of Aleister Crowley. Well, we show a letter from Steve Englehart, who you guys will be seeing in a second, writing a letter to Jimmy Page, about can we use Boleskine House, which overlooks Loch Ness, where Crowley used to live, that Paige had bought, to do our OTO meetings. I mean, it's just, this gets so bizarre, guys. It's like, truth is indeed strange than fiction, but this next clip shows that uh, we get a little bit into him being interviewed by a member of the OTO who's, who starts off, and some of you might be wondering, what's that, not even recognizing what it is, so just put it in perspective. Uh, the host says, he begins the show with, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Then he starts interviewing Steve Engelhardt, and I don't want to tell you what he says in the interview. I told you what we don't play in the interview, but it's quite interesting.
1: No, and and Joe, one of the things that is I, I love about this film is that w- when it comes to the full feature, uh, for you guys who are hopefully checking it out, and, and we wanted to mention again for those who are just hopping on the live stream, that it will be available at 5 p.m. for our Patreon subscribers, so you guys can check that out today, and then it'll be available to everybody next week. But nonetheless... One of the things that really just, in this film, just you hammer home, is how disgusting uh, Alester Crowley truly was. And that's something, we're not going to play a bunch of those clips on, on this show, but... It, it is so important, not only how much he's permeated the culture, but realize who these guys, like Jimmy Page, who bought his house on Loch Ness, like Jay-Z, who wears Do What Thou Wilt" across His Chest, like right. so many of the modern artists that are following Crowley and so many before him, not realizing just how wicked of a pedophile this man was with drawings of pedophilia on his walls. I mean, this is the stuff, and people are worshiping and following his teachings, and then it's being proper. Pushed and then guess what? So many people, uh, you know, are going to you know Disneyland and going and checking the Sanctum Sanctorium out or whatever, and seeing Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange featured now at right? and dressing him up, at, dressing up for it as Halloween, bad enough as it is, and then dressing up as you know this wizard, this warlock, and people are practicing it. So it's not something small; it's not minuscule; it, it's major. And I hope with this clip, as you guys are going to hear, as he mentioned. This is Steve Englehart. This is the guy writing about Doctor Strange, the very guy that so many people just say, oh, it's just entertainment, it's no big deal. It's not like they're propagating Satanism. Well, let's just hear from Stephen Englehart himself.
0: Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is the law, love under will. This is a very special interview we're having with Steve Englehart today. When I got the actual book of Doctor Strange... I said, not knowing exactly what it would all mean, if I'm going to write a magician, I really should, you know, like learn some magic. I should, you know, I should try to get this right. As I learned things, I would try to plow those back into the Doctor Strange book. I think that's what's really fascinating, is you were working in a commercial vehicle, and yet putting, you know, a subculture in there, you know, as much as you can get away with, and it, it, it informs you so that you have a way to to work with this character but also you know uh, these ideas start to seep out into the (laughs) into popular culture in a way that is unexpected and people wouldn't necessarily be able to predict i I just think that's (laughs) fascinating it's perfect
1: yeah, Joe, it sounds like it's perfect for Satan to yeah. uh, get this into popular culture. And so many people go, oh, it's just entertainment. And Harry Potter witchcraft is just entertainment. And I guess pornography is just a weird way to get married. And it's just a lie. And it's from the pit of hell. And we have to recognize that these guys are seeping it into the culture. And forget it. Don't listen to me or Joe. Just hear it from them themselves.
2: Yeah, I mean, we have a, a number of clips. Those of you have seen the first one, even the trailer from the first one, we show things from you know, Alan Moore, we show things from Grant Morrison, the two top writers of the last four years, according to Comic Book Review, of all comics, both of them talking in the meeting that they use subterfuge, and you know, they're trying to influence the young people and so forth. And uh, we, use, you know, we have quotes from others as well as how they're influencing. And right here, we hear a member of you know, the OTO program, you know, his, his podcast, Loading in the fact that Steve Englehart was getting involved in Crowley's Satanism and bringing it into the Doctor Strange videos. And he talks about how you couldn't have predicted it, and it was basically, he's basically saying it was under the radar and people were being influenced. They didn't know how they were being influenced. We've been pointing this out for years, but we're able to find the goods to expose these things now. We have, we have the evidence, you know, we have the evidence and, uh, and the footnotes and, and the video clips and the interviews where it's undeniable. It's really, it's really amazing when you think about this is, is it, it, it becomes so, I mean, it's almost overkill. We show it to where it's like undeniable, and I think it's important to you. I mean, in that clip itself, we didn't show everything, but uh, he talks about a guy by the name of McMurdy. And Chad McMurdy was the guy that Crowley himself had made the leader of the OTO out here in Pasadena after Jack Parsons had died. So McMurdy became Crowley's leader for the OTO. And he's talking about Engelhart in the interview. We play more of that interview, by the way, in the video itself. And he talks about how, yeah, I spent, I was hanging out of his house with him and talks about how close he came with the leader of Crowley's OTO. This is Steve Engelhart, And so this is a thing as parents out there, man, when you park your kid in front of the television and you just think, you know, everything is benign or, you know, you keep them away from a lot of evil, you, you, you have to know a lot of times people that are writing a lot of things that, especially on a very popular level that are influencing a lot of children, a lot of times these people are involved in Satanism or the occult, and we need to be more aware of that, and we need to protect the minds of our children. And we need to protect our own minds because what happens is even as Christians think, "Oh, I can." And there's countless professing Christians watching these things thinking it's no big deal. I know that because I share these things with them, and I share information with them and try to get them to see, and it's interesting because they don't realize they Well, it's not really going to influence me, you know what? It's already influenced you. Because if you could sit through a Doctor Strange movie and not and not become cringe worthy to where you want to walk out, you think it's cool, that shows you that something God's called an abomination, you have been desensitized to the point of allowing it to be glorified, and that you're getting some kind of excitement enough to keep you in your movie theater in, in you know, seat. So it's really heartbreaking because there's a lot of compromise in the body of Christ. And God's called us to be separate from these things. God hates evil. He calls these things an abomination. And just like we should stay away from, for instance, perverse sex because God calls it an abomination, magic to the Lord, the occult to the Lord is also an abomination. And we should it should be we should have an aversion toward it, not a love for it.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I don't know about, and I actually I do know that about you, Joe. I know when I came to Christ, I was so frustrated with how deluded I was, how deceived I was. And I was frustrated with the people that were deceiving me, or the person, really, the enemy that was deceiving me. And when you guys are hearing this, and I hope you guys are are hearing that, hey, this is a great way to get this into popular culture. And you mentioned the trailer that we had for part one of Marvel and DC's War on God, where you hear the talk about the candy-coated bullet to get their mind good and blanked. And you're like, whoa, what... What we are warning about right here, not just on Marvel and DC, but in music and in novels and all of this stuff, this deluding and just the acceptance of witchcraft, and we've talked and, and quoted this out a number of times. That in the United States there are right now more registered witches than there are people in the Presbyterian Church of USA. Not that I think that's that's a great fellowship. Uh, But nonetheless, they got their own issues. But still, just to give you an idea of... The fact that the popularization in the culture of things like witchcraft where it's not so big of a deal because, you know, shows like Charmed in the 90s and early 2000s and Sabrina the Teenage Witch and now the satanic version where they're literally doing satanic seances and murdering people with the power of Satan. And it's like, oh, wow. Well, it's just entertainment. It's just entertainment. And it's just entertained you to a place where the darkness that you're putting before your eyes, how great is the darkness that is now becoming inside of you? And it's just become such a danger. And that's, that's a lot of the reason for why this film is so important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And our hope and prayer is that you don't just become aware of what's going on. Our hope and prayer is that you become aware enough to where you can articulate some of the major points that are made uh, and use them to, when you witness. When you use them when you talk to people. Because Marvel comes up a lot, and in fact, it's really sad. It breaks my heart. A lot of churches, you know, they'll they'll have you know they'll go through Marvel movies, and it becomes a big thing. And they'll bring the youth, and, and it's all celebrated and so forth. And, and what happens is these superheroes garner more attention than Jesus often, and they shouldn't be getting any attention. They should be uh, exposed in the light that they really you know, in, in the light that they are they really are. And that's what we do. We get to the reality of what's going on. What's the mindset of the writers? You know, what what kind of what worldview are they trying to express, and so forth. Uh, but I'm excited also about the next clip because I think in these with the trailer, which didn't really say much, but just kind of showed you a few things that this thing's about. We're now giving putting some uh, flesh and bone, uh, or flesh, some flesh and blood, so to speak, on these on the skeletal bone that you just saw skimmed out, and you're starting to see. Wow, there's something going on here. There's a movement. And this next clip, I think, is very revealing.
1: No, it, it really is, Joe, especially when we get into the, the backwards uh, talking that's going to be going on here right in the beginning. So without any further ado— Well, no,
2: I've got to say something. Okay. <laughs> i got to say
1: something. Uh,
2: because I want to set it up at least at, right, yeah. a bit. Because so, sometimes I'm like, what's this about? What's this going on over your head? Is if you keep in mind that the greatest enemy to the early church was—and you know this, Chad. You read, like I do, the early church fathers a lot. You're, you're familiar with the background of a lot of the early— the epistles in the new testament with incipient gnosticism and the gnostics basically tried to hijack jesus and they inverted the entire story of the bible and they made yahweh evil god became the creator became evil they didn't deny there was a creator they were at least bright enough to realize that things didn't evolve all by themselves but they said the the creator is evil and that you know they had different names for him the demiurge uh you know and so forth uh blasphemous type names and they said he was a powerful being with a low IQ, and they fought against him. But they said, we're the real Christians. And they said, who the real hero is, is Sophia. And Sophia, and this depends on which Gnostic group you're reading about, but the Valentinians, for instance, in the second century, who were the most popular Gnostics, a lot of the stories with Sophia is that it wasn't the serpent that deceived Eve. It was Sophia, one of the eons that came from the ultimate depth. And this ultimate depth was a, a God beyond Yahweh, So when Yahweh says in the Bible, you know, that I'm the one true God, you know, there's no God before me or after me, they say, oh, he's ignorant. He has a low IQ. He doesn't realize there's the ultimate depth. And the ultimate depth for them, uh, the Gnostics would call him the one who is above all. Well, by the way, in Marvel, there's one above the one who portrays the God of the Bible, and he's called the one above all. And we don't even bring this up, this last little part in this video, because it was going to get too long. There'll be another video, that little part I just mentioned, and, and, and some of the Gnostics, Gnostic construct. But we show other parts of the Gnostic construct here to kind of spoon-feed our audience so it's not just too much and brain jams you to where you, you like get lost. So what you do see in this is that uh, the one who is above all, he's not really mentioned here, the one you do see mentioned here is another one called Sisaneg. And Sisaneg is Yahweh. And just follow that through. You'll see us, but guess what? They always The Gnostics always made God less than God. And by making the Bible God and the biblical creator less than God, that gave the Gnostic an idea that he might be able to overpower him or escape him through practicing occult powers and so forth. So what they do in Gnosticism, and it's important to keep in mind now, because the writer of this particular clip, and I really felt this need to be said, was Steve, uh, Steve Engelhardt. Okay, and Crowley had what he called the Gnostic Mass, And Steve Engelhardt will cast Cissenegg in the form of the creator. And I'm not going to tell you how he does that because you're going to see that in the clip. But it's a blow mind. And guess who is the one trying to stop Cissenegg, this evil creator? Doctor Strange. He's the hero who is Lester Crowley trying to stop God who is portrayed as evil.
1: Joe, it is just so interesting. I love that we're going to play this clip. And when you talk about Gnosticism, and, I, and I, I think it's really interesting for you guys who have studied apologetics and theology and have studied and combated and maybe shared the gospel with those who are lost, you realize the tentacles of Gnosticism, the fact that it was the biggest threat to the early church. And then if you understood the connections, which I'm sure a lot of you do, with Islam So to speak, even the 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 views of Jesus come from Gnostic gospels like the Infancy Gospel of Thomas, and what
2: John calls the Spirit of Antichrist. The Spirit of
1: Antichrist, and it's so interesting when we actually look at the tentacles of Gnosticism. And and Joe, I had mentioned this on this morning's show for 5.11 News of Hollywood's War on God just going through all of the, whether it's Da Vinci Code, whether it's Pleasantville Hollywood's War on God is one of
2: the videos we did years ago.
1: Oh, and if you haven't seen that, guys, I know we're pushing videos here, but if you have not seen Hollywood's War on God, I really do believe that gives you a really good framework. In fact, there's a clip that you can check out on this same YouTube channel you're watching this live on Uh, where it's a clip just on Gnosticism, where you give just a, a quick overview on Gnosticism as a whole. And you can go and check that out. And that actually is from Hollywood's War on God. So if you wanted to know where that clip was from, that's where it's from. And I think, Joe, this is what's so great is that people hopefully are seeing, as you mentioned, this is why it's an evangelical tool, because it's one thing to just simply say, hey, look at this. This is really bad stuff. But guys, there is the course that this world is going towards, Mm -hmm. or or that is in, and there is an end times eschatological understanding. And when we're looking at all these things taking place, we recognize that all of this wickedness, making God the evil one out of this, and Sophia, the serpent, actually being the good guy— and then recognize that's been happening in all of these yeah. films, which is what's documented in the first part of this series. And now seeing, I think this is almost like a why. And one of the, one of the great things is, because of this, I think even part two could be watched alone, even if you never saw oh yeah, number one. But when you have them together, I think this really gives a really good place. And I think that's a great way to, to segue into uh, the clip here that you guys are going to see on, as Joe mentioned, Sesenik.
2: Incredibly, Marvel depicts God, the creator, as an evil sorcerer, the enemy of humanity who must be opposed. He is first identified as a 31st century sorcerer named Sisseneg, who greedily desires the power of all other magical beings. Since Seseneg has the ability to time travel and absorb the magical powers of other beings, he travels back through the centuries and robs each sorcerer of his power along the way. The Supreme Sorcerer, Doctor Strange, travels back in time following Sesenegg, trying unsuccessfully to prohibit Sesenegg at every stop from absorbing everyone else's power and becoming God. Sesenegg finally ventures all the way to the very dawn of creation and recreates the universe, becoming the God of the mainstream 616 Marvel Universe. In his mission to become God, Sesenegg declares, And once I become God, the universe and beyond shall be mine to do with, as I will, everything will be reborn as I desire it. By recreating the entire mainstream 616 Marvel Universe and having power even beyond it, as he states, he will also be God of the Marvel Omniverse, which expands from the foundational Marvel Multiverse. Now having become God and existing before the creation of all things, Sisseneig states, I have achieved my Godhood. Sisseneig, who is described by the writer as possessing all extent power, and as having absorbed all power through all timelines, then recreates the entirety of the Marvel Universe declaring, time turns and begins again with me. When you remember this, think not of the man called Sisaneg, but the God called Genesis. The name Genesis, of course, is an obvious reference to the first book of the Hebrew and Christian Bible, which records the creation account known as Genesis. Doctor Strange is now shown wondering whether Siseneg has recreated the universe all over again for the second time, or if he simply repeated the first creation. However, this is where even more blatant references to the biblical God come into play. Even before Siseneg's recreation of the universe, he leaves his mark on the universe and planet Earth in such a way that he is obviously being portrayed as a biblical God of creation. Here we see that Marvel works in the biblical narrative of the biblical cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, Here we see Sisaneg desiring to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah for what he calls their, quote, sin and degradation. In fact, we read in the Bible in the book of Genesis, Then the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave. Under the backdrop of what is portrayed as Sisaneg's unmerciful character, Dr. Strange is made to look like a compassionate good guy. Dr. Strange pleads with Sisaneg not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, claiming that their sin isn't really that bad and that he doesn't really know them. Nevertheless, in the next panels, we see that Sisaneg is destroying Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. The biblical book of Genesis states in chapter 19 that, quote, Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. We also read in Genesis chapter 19 that Lot and his family escaped, but Lot's wife looked back and was destroyed by the Lord. In Marvel's Gnostic version of the story, the parallels are absolutely undeniable, as we see Lot and his family in the first panel escaping the judgment. With Lot warning his wife in the next panel, Do not look back, wife. We must put our time of wickedness from our minds. Then we also see Sis create an Eden-like garden with two ape-like hominids, which are supposed to be Adam and Eve. Note the apple in the lower right side of the panel.
1: Wow, Joe. There is uh... (laughs) a... That's there's, Steve Englehart, by the way. A there's not Satanist much hiding the there, and and what's what's good is you're getting to see guys from this from this clip. You've already seen who Englehart is. You you've seen him on there talking about "Do without will shall be the whole law." At least the show he's on. You see them specifically bragging to him. Uh, it's so weird to listen to that bragging to him how he's getting this stuff into popular culture. And Joe, what is he getting into popular culture? What is so clear? He wants to get make Satan the good guy. And he wants to make God the bad guy.
2: Yeah, and uh, Crowley's teachings, you know, because he's part of the OTO. And Crowley formulated so much of their teaching there. And it's interesting, too, talk about seeping in. One of Crowley's teachings is to write backwards. Well, it's interesting. I point out in that clip, we didn't play the, this part of the clip because we can't play the whole thing, obviously. Otherwise, we will be able to talk about the other clips. But Sisenegh, uh, Ingehart, basically took Genesis and wrote it backwards. Dennis' backwards is sisseneg, And that's a Crowleyan teaching, to write backwards. So he's basically a Crowleyite at the time, uh, promoting Crowleyism. And you know, years later, even though, I mean, years later, you hear him being uh, interviewed there on a Crowleyan program. Uh, and they're, you know, there's rejoicing on how the, the public was inundated with the occult teachings. Uh, through Engelhart, and so it's not that hey they're just taking a popular character from the past and they're working we're talking about people that have designs on the minds of young people and these comics especially back then chad were directed toward young children and what's happened since not not just a comic but movies and music and we expose it all Satan using all this in in, in concert. Chad, you mentioned an important point that there's more people that are certified witches today than belong to the entire Presbyterian USA denomination, which is still quite big. The influence of the occult, I think the irony is interesting there too because even the Presbyterian USA has become very liberal in certain areas and have opened themselves up to some types of occult teaching, uh, goddess worship and things of that nature depending on what congregation you talk about. So the influence on culture doesn't just happen there's as you mentioned earlier as well chad that satan is in the power of the air working through the children of disobedience as he guides the course of this world ephesians chapter two so uh this right here we're t- we're giving you again the tip of the iceberg guys i mean just those three clips should just cause your eyes to bug out like what in the world and you've heard me allude to these things in other shows but now you're getting to see them and this is riveting so i'd encourage you really pray about it is pray about not just getting this video but pray about inviting people to your house to watch it with you. They'll be floored. And you'll see people get saved, perhaps. That should be the prayer. Invite non believers, young people over, older. People of all ages now can relate to these comics because we grew up with them, even if you're an older guy like me, you know. Uh, but also, uh, you know, invite believers over so they can become aware of what's going on and they can start to get fired up about the Lord and realize we're not in a playground, man. We are in a spiritual battleground for souls. We have a very short life to live. We need to make them count for Jesus and snatch people out of the fire.
1: You know, and Joe, one of the things, as you mentioned, and you know, you, you talked about this also, and there's a ton of this, but you know, with Disney. Obviously, with, with Yen Sid and, and so forth. You see this backwards stuff with some of the witchcraft and wizardry. And I remember when they sold their soul to so rock and roll, you show when the Church of Satan does the Our Father backwards. Yeah. And then you show EZE, the rapper, doing the Our Father backwards. 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 And you see some of that, just that demonization, that that wickedness, and whether that's permeated from the Church of Satan, which ultimately, I believe, was birthed out of uh, Crowley and teaching through Anton Xander LeVay, and so forth, you see it over and over again, and and what's fascinating to me, whether we're talking about Sessenegg or whether we're talking about Doctor Strange or whether we're talking about any of these characters, the Antichrist agenda as the first Marvel and DC's War on God video went went after and, and expressed and showed and exposed over and over again, you just see it all goes back to the same lies yeah. over and over and it's really interesting, and and guys, this is the reason for this. This is the this is the hope uh, that you will share with others is because. And I know we've already uh, reiterated this already. But the truth is that there is an end times understanding of what is going on and a pushing of this narrative so that people, and we talked about even in Islam, you know, there are hadiths that make Jesus the one who comes and destroys, breaks down the crosses and so forth. They're waiting for Amadi. They're waiting for end times. When you look at even Mormonism, they're waiting for someone who's going to withhold the co- or hold up the Constitution yeah, that's hanging by, by a bread. thread, right? When you look at all of these end times doctrines and then you see it in Satanism and then you go, wait a second, there's a lot of parallels here. So I, and I'm just saying this with somebody who came to the Lord when I saw the wickedness too and said, wow, I need to actually be on the right side of this because he who's not with me is against me, as Jesus said, And really, really think about sharing that truth with people because I don't believe when you're sharing the gospel that it's a bad thing to get into the eschaton, especially when we think of the word salvation. Uh, You know, so often used is that ultimate salvation that we will have. Um, But it's so interesting, Joe for people to see that this isn't just one isolated, evil incident. We could find that out on the streets every day, but it just seems like there is a synergy. And the reason for the synergy is because it's not flesh and blood, but a spiritual battle.
2: Yeah, amen, Chad. Uh, the, the constant messaging. Uh, I mean, we showed where Siseneg represents God here, and he's evil. But this is one of the parallels we've been showing throughout these series, is this, this entire series, is whether it's Siseneg representing God, the, he's obviously portrayed as a creator god destroying sodom and gomorrah uh you know adam and eve although he paints him as hominids which is ridiculous uh and or whether it's thanos as a picture of god who's to be defeated by the good guys which are really uh satan and the world system false prophets so forth uh from a biblical perspective or whether it's dark side you know in in dc's you know uh, uh batman and or superman and so forth Uh, which we show we're going to get into big time in another video upcoming or whether it's Ultron you know Ultron's a picture of Christ and the world has to bind together the Avengers have to fight you know get together to fight him and he's quoting scripture upon this rock I'll build my church and another picture of Christ and he says when they're talking about why would you want to end the world he says ask Noah you know and sometimes God has to throw a stone uh, memories of the Book of Daniel, you know. So over and over again, the same messages continue to be portrayed. But there's so much in this video uh, that we can't show that is such a blow. Mind uh, one is, you know, WandaVision became quite popular through Disney uh, uh, programming on television and so forth, forth in her comic and so forth. And we get into showing uh, she's called the Scarlet Witch. Well, guess what? She has a relationship with Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange or Lester Crowley had what he called his Scarlet Woman. And it's interesting, we show this, uh, Crowley was trying to bring forth moon children. L. Ron Hubbard with Jack Parsons, who is the guy that they get the look, I believe, of Dr. Strange from eventually, after they leave Dr. Droom. he worked with L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology, we show this, we play clips of L. Ron Hubbard and his son as well, just totally talking about, you know, trying to bring forth moon children, according to Crowley's teachings, which be ultimately according to the book of the law by Crowley, is the Antichrist who practicing sex magic. And uh, it was basically getting women, you know, to cohabit with spiritual entities, incubuses, succubuses, and so forth, uh, demonic entities to bring forth supernatural children, kind of like Rosemary's Baby. We go into that in this, in this deal. And we, we show where uh, they were trying to create a moon child. And I can't go into too, depth, too much depth, but we show where WandaVision, who's called the Scarlet Witch, uh, Mystery Babylon, clothed in scarlet and purple, Revelation 17, uh, where... Uh, she cohabits with Meph- Meph- uh, Mephisto, which is for all intents and purposes the Satan of Marvel Universe. He's called that's one of his aliases, Satan. And and she brings forth these moon children, supernatural kids. One of them's, you know, they're Tommy and Billy, they've ended up getting renamed. One of them is called Wiccan. Wiccan, by the way, Wicca magic comes from Gerald Gardner, who was a disciple of Alester Crowley, a member of the OTO. It's just all goes together, guys. It's just you start seeing it, it's like. After you see it, you can't unsee it, and you start to realize, wow, this is the very spiritual world we're in, and people are under mass deception, and we need the truth to wake them up. And that's why Ephesians 5.11 is so important. When he says, "Have no," fe- this is a command for you and me, Chad, all of us, uh, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness. We shouldn't have any fellowship with this stuff, but rather expose them. That's why we've done what we've done here. Why? So that the light of Christ would shine in you O oh sleeper wake from the dead to wake people up because they're in these spiritual chains of darkness not realizing that satan is just leading them away from god through glorifying the occult many of these people are seeking occult power many of these young people now and they need to be told and warned that you are messing with fallen angels you are being allured by seduction through popular music popular movies and marvel and dc and so forth and you're being brought down this broad road to hell, and the only answer is Jesus Christ. And we can prove to you this is a deception. Here, check out this video. Hey, watch this with us. If you don't get the video, take them to YouTube, our YouTube channel and just show them clips and try to get them to understand what's going on, whether it's on music or whether it's in regard to movies or it's in regard to this, because we found this to be an incredibly powerful tool. I've had people long before I did any other video, and I don't know how many videos we have out, 15 or 20 now, uh, but uh, 20 or so, I don't know exactly, I haven't counted, but with, they sold their souls for rock and roll before I got any other videos down, people would come to me and say, Joe, besides the Bible and the gospel itself, this is the most powerful tool I've ever found to lead people to Christ. I mean, Chad saw it, somebody gave it to him, he fell on his knees and turned to Jesus. We're encouraging you to use our tools, use use our information, use the articles we've written, use the messages I preach on Sunday, they're all free, send them to people. We have a ton of people, I had no idea years and years ago that so many people were listening to our Sunday and Wednesday night messages. I was like, really? I had no clue because we weren't putting them out there. They're out there on the internet. And also, we realized that a ton of people have grown in Christ through them. So we, have, we, we offer so much stuff to you guys that's just at your fingertips. You could just go and listen to any message. Uh, 5.11 News is an incredible resource where you're, you're kept up by Chad once a week on stuff that's going on that should be known about in the church or that we should be aware of as Christians. So I am just encourage you guys to make and, a lot, and I'm kind of preaching to the choir, right? But I'm sure there's a lot of people here who are visiting for the first time. We just want to let you know, because uh, a lot of the people that are part of this ministry and are partners with us are helping us get this information out. And by the way, and I hardly ever talk about becoming a patron, but we have nearly 200 patrons right now. And patrons are those who come alongside and help. And, and I've been pastoring for over 30 years, by the grace of God, okay? The same church that started out of my home. Okay? I've been doing these exposés for quite a while. So this is a ministry you could look at the track record and see a lot of people saved. If you're saying, man, I really want to support a ministry that's actually winning people to Christ, is actually saying things that need to be said, and is not uh, afraid of dealing with popular culture, is not walking his step with popular culture either, but is contrary to it because we are the true counterculture, man. We are the followers of Jesus Christ, the ultimate countercultural revolutionary because he is the truth in the world and Satan hates Truth. So we want to encourage you. Pray about becoming a Patreon and becoming a monthly supporter of this ministry because we're able to reach more and more people and get more and more things done. Because through the Patreons that have signed up and helped us thus far, Chad, we're able to bring Josh on uh, full time. You know, who became my main videographer in this project, and things would take a lot longer to get done. But there's no way we got. I can tell you right now, there's no way we get two videos done by this time if it wasn't for the Patreons helping us out. So I just want to say we are so, so thankful for all of you guys that support us. Whether you're a Patreon, and we want to thank you so much for that, appreciate you a lot, or you're, or you're, you're praying, and you're seeking God on our behalf, please, more than anything, we covet your prayers, because the effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And I constantly, by the grace of God, seek him, and I know Chad and others, we're constantly praying, God, please, win the loss to yourself. Please, change the hearts of the wicked people that are perpetrating this. Uh, it's hard to pray for them sometimes, but we ought to pray for them, Amen. even though we know some of them have been, are on total evil. The Apostle Paul was the chief of sinners. We need to pray for each other. And I just want to thank you guys for your help and encourage you. Don't slack, man. Keep pressing on in Jesus and keep getting the good news out. Make your life count for Jesus
1: no amen and yeah we wanted to give that invite to you guys and not just Josh has been able to come on full time but also Tommy has been able to come on full time yeah as well and that's done why amazing work that's why we have all the, that's why we switched all of our podcast shows 511 news and good fight radio show all of it over to video because we actually had editors to be able to edit the videos yeah, that doesn't happen that without, we're trying to put nice. out. And without you guys yeah it's literally because of, of patreon we, takes a body. we would not be able to do it otherwise so I want to thank you guys and yes if you come in right now at the silver uh, Patreon level, level. I believe I said that right. Tommy Tony sent me a text. I usually have my computer, but now I just got my phone here trying to get as many messages in as possible. But if you come in at that level, you guys get it right now. Actually, right now it is 5 o'clock. We've already gone past our And our you get it, in.
2: obviously. We give it to you. And by the way, every video we get done, you get right away. Obviously... You know, no charge. Oh yeah, for
1: the Patreon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'd love to have you guys on there. Uh, if not, please keep it in prayer. Uh, we're we're excited, and as soon as we're done. Uh Tony's going to be sending this one out after we get our first watch of it. Tony's going to be sending this out so we can actually get the DVD version as well. We got some props up here so you can see what it looks like once we do have the DVD version of this. But we're excited. Please pray. We will have a bunch of people here tonight watching it in about an hour. And so please pray for the people that actually come here, for people that bring friends that may not be saved or maybe antagonistic, that this would be the night that they get on their knees and give their life over to Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you guys. Praise God. We love you guys.